Church said amen, huh? Amazing grace. It's amazing. Well, this morning, I'm privileged and honored to be able to introduce you to, or reintroduce you. Some of you already know this man, but if you haven't met him, I would encourage you after he's done preaching to come up and uh, greet him. That is our missionary to um, Kim Smith. He's with us. He's going to be speaking. He's closing out our serving series. And uh, we thought, man, what better guy to have come and, and share with you what it, what it means biblically to serve the Lord and what God wants you to do in serving him. And so I, uh, I became very enamored with Kim Smith. And when the first time I ever met the man, he gave up. He retired. He retired. Now, he's not that much older than me, but he retired early. And the thing about that is, how many of you want to retire and then go into full-time ministry in another country, one of the poorest countries in all of the world? God put it in his heart that there was a ministry of people in Liberia who needed to know about Jesus Christ. So in his retirement years, he went and took a ministry on, not by himself, <laughs> He's got a lot of people supporting him and praying for him right here at Valley. Amen. Supporting and praying for Liberia and for Kim Smith there. But the one thing that enamored me so much with him, and there was such a, I felt like a kindred connection spirit, was when he said, you know, Larry, I didn't do anything special. I, there's nothing special about me. I just told God if there was an open door, if he would reveal open doors to me, I would go through those doors. And I think we're probably several open doors down the road here, aren't we, Kim? Even since we met. And uh, what an honor and privilege it is to introduce you to someone who truly is a servant of the Lord. And that is Kim Smith. Would you please welcome him, Valley Bible Church. Lord God, we thank you that you've sent Jesus. And Jesus, we thank you that we have our salvation and our forgiveness and an eternal home with you because of your sacrifice. We thank you for sending the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, we ask your presence to be here. Moses said, he says, if your presence isn't going with us, I don't want to go and I don't want to be here. May your Holy Spirit be here. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts. Give me words to speak. We come here to honor and glorify and worship you, Lord. In your name, amen. Good morning. It's good to be here. I uh, have been taken well, cared for. I've, they're giving me big meals three times a day. In Liberia, we usually eat one. And this belly just grows every time I come here. Uh, the hospitality has been great. And had to have, I've had a lot of opportunities to speak to different groups. And it's just a joy to be here. I'm usually overseas in Liberia, West Africa, uh, usually about a year and a half. And then I'll be here for a couple months. And I always love coming here to Valley. I've grown, a, we're a family now, and there's many in the congregation I know. You've been having a series of messages on serving. You had a, a message on humility. 
a message on reward and the use of our gifts. This message today, I want to talk about serving God as a family, as a unit. A lot of times when we think about serving God, it's serving God as our individual um, passion given to us and individual gifts given to us from the Lord. But we're also asked and commanded by our Lord that we're going to serve as a united body, as the church. Amen. I want us to look at Acts chapter 1, verse 8. The last words of Christ in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and Acts was the command of God for the church in unity to take the gospel into the world. And in Acts 1.8, it says, But you will receive power when my Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In Matthew 28, he tells us to go to make disciples of all nations, to baptize and teach. And he says, I'll be with you always. Amen. We find our joy in the Lord and we find our purpose in life and unity with the Lord in producing fruit and being used by him for his purposes. One of the songs we sang, uh, the words were, I want to be where you are. And a lot of times we might have a spiritually dry, um, just kind of a, a dead spirit going through the motions of Christianity, but that joy and that peace isn't there. And he says, I want to be in the song. It says, I want to be where you are. Matthew 28 he says, if you go, if you make disciples, if you baptize, and if you teach, I will be with you always. And if you're feeling this separation, it could easily be because of selfishness and self-will and you, the, the lie that if I seek self, I'll find joy and happiness. Amen? But, but this joy and happiness comes when we serve. Amen. The Lord has commanded us to take the gospel into all nations. The last words of Paul in Romans was the assignment of the church to take the gospel to the nations. We have on earth, we have 17,000 tribes. And in scripture, a tribe is a nation. And a nation in Scripture is not uh, like Canada or Mexico or our countries in West Africa like Liberia. A nation is a tribe. And he tells us that we are to take the gospel to every nation. And there are 17,000 nations in the world, and 7,000 of those tribes 
don't have the gospel. They have almost no Christians. They have no churches. That's 3 billion people. That's 42% of the world. And the assignment of his church for every generation, our assignment in this generation, is that we must be taking the gospel of Jesus Christ to these 7,000 nations that don't have it. Our churches nowadays, we love to talk about revelations and the second coming of Christ. But three billion people have never heard about the first coming. They don't have the opportunity to say no. They don't have the opportunity to deny Christ. They don't have the opportunity to go to him in repentance and prayer for salvation that they may have eternity with him. Let's look at Acts chapter 13, verse 47. And Paul, this is the book that Luke wrote. And it says, For this is what the Lord has commanded us, we the church. I've made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. That is the assignment of the church. The church as a body needs to serve our Lord God by taking the gospel to every people, every nation, every tongue, and every tribe. Valley Bible Church is doing that. You're doing that. You are supporting now 12 missions in four continents, and we're one of those. So as you hear what's going on, and as you are participants, you should be encouraged. Word Sower Africa is the name of our organization, and we are highly encouraged by your generous donations that keep us going. I want to talk a little bit about um, what you're supporting when you're supporting Word Sower Africa. I want to give you a report of the fruits of our unity through your prayers and donations. I want to talk to you about um, the unreached tribes. And we started in Liberia, and Liberia has five unreached tribes. And the Lord is a light unto our feet. And, and when I first went, I just went in obedience. I just showed up. I didn't have any vision other than the light that was at my feet. And, and the Lord said, go to Liberia and go back into the rainforest and start walking from village to village and town to town and tell them the gospel that they may have salvation. And so I walked in obedience in that little bit of light, and then the light continues, and you just walk in obedience. For sure, I'm a very, very common man, but I decided to give everything to the Lord and to walk in obedience, not in perfection. Amen. We raise up indigenous missionary teams. And indigenous 
person is a person of that culture and of that people. And as the Lord was extending the vision, and I saw that most of the spiritual leaders had no training. And they, uh, the Lord put on my heart that we should start a Bible school. And we have a Bible school, and it just now traveled four days through this terrible conditions of rain and mud. And they showed up to an area, and they will be doing a one-week school, teaching the pastors and teaching those to become spiritual leaders. And from that school, the Lord extended the vision, and he says, we need to be raising up these indigenous missionary teams and sending them to the unreached tribes. Liberia has five unreached tribes. And so we've raised up these teams, and what's exciting about an indigenous missionary team is what they can do. They know the culture. They know how to suffer and live with nothing. They, they know the languages. And a typical single missionary, just that personal cost of that missionary can be fifty dollars to $60,000 a year. And we can raise up an indigenous missionary for about 2000 a year. And that 2000 a year is fair pay and well-received for that economics there and the culture there. And so we can raise up multiple indigenous missionaries to go into these unreached tribes. And one of the greatest things a missionary can do is to raise up other missionaries. And so Liberia has five unreached tribes, and now in Liberia we have indigenous missionary teams going to every unreached tribe of Liberia. That's beautiful. Amen? And after that was accomplished, the Lord showed us to the next country, Ivory Coast, and we raised up and sent an indigenous missionary team into that tribe. Or they have 36 unreached tribes, but our team is starting there. And then the Lord put on our heart Ivory Coast, I mean uh, Sierra Leone, and we sent a team to Sierra Leone. They have 11 unreached tribes. And after that, he put on our heart to go to Guinea. And Guinea has 30 unreached tribes, and we have indigenous missionary team there. So we're in about 11 or 12 unreached tribes, and there's 70 more. And when is it enough? Amen? It, it can never be enough if there are tribes and people who haven't heard and don't know. And I pray that in my lifetime we can see all 70 of these unreached tribes in these four countries being reached with indigenous missionary teams. And if that were to happen in my lifetime, I know what that's going to be next. He'll give us a new nation. Amen. And we're all united in this. And you're participants in this. Amen. We are working with Muslims, 
the Islamic religion, and we are working with the animist. I want to tell you a little few stories uh, and explain this, what this animism is. Animism is spirit worship. Animism is uh, very, very demonic. In fact, the spiritual leader of the animist people is called the devil. Amen. And uh, he acts like the devil, and he's possessed with the devil and demons. But interesting, he's got a second name. That second name is Santa Claus. Think about that one. And, you know, I don't know the mind of the devil. I pray I never will. But uh, uh, I think, you know, before America was ever here, he had Santa Claus over there, and he thought, well, it's working here. Let's bring it to America. And I think it's working. Amen. Anyway, it's very, very demonic. It's very violent. They had a civil war for 15 years led by this demonic animism that massacred and did genocide and just destroyed in the most brutal way you could ever imagine. And it's the stronghold of Satan. Amen. I want us to go to Jeremiah chapter 1. In Jeremiah chapter 1, it says in verse 10, Now I have put my words in your mouth. That's verse 9, verse 10. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow. He's talking about the kingdom of Satan and the strongholds of Satan when he's talking about these kingdoms. And he says, I have appointed you over nations, over kingdoms, to uproot and tear down, to destroy and to overthrow. And we have never, in the 15 years I've been there, entered a stronghold of Satan and not done that. We have never entered a stronghold of Satan and not destroyed that stronghold of Satan. Amen. And I've gone into these strongholds. And the Lord goes before us. And the Lord prepares the people. And one time I went into one of the most powerful strongholds of Satan. And I'm on a motorbike, and it's me and a Liberian. And I get off the motorbike. And this is the, probably the most powerful stronghold of Satan. And these three men just start following me everywhere I go. They're like shadows. And, and uh, you know, what's going on here? But they gave me water. They made sure I had food, made sure I had a sleeping place, and took care of me. Amen. And we get these Gideon little blue pocket New Testaments. And, and I've been passing out these blue pop, uh, pocket New Testaments from the Gideons. And these three men are now powerful spiritual leaders. They've started many churches within this stronghold. And fun, I, I kept going back and discipling and, 
and building up a, a church within there. And finally, I asked one of them, why, why were you guys just like following me everywhere? And one of them said, well, I'd had a dream. And in the dream, a white man was going to come to us and bring little blue Bibles and that we should follow him. Amen. You see, it's not my ability. It's just showing up. Amen. And that stronghold has been destroyed and there are churches there. And we have been challenged many times. We've been challenged, you will never put a church there. And that is a common challenge. Amen. And one guy says, and if you can put a church there, you can put one anywhere in the world. Well, I learned something. We can put one anywhere in the world. Amen. And there's churches there. Amen. Uh, I'm going to tell you a story about this guy. We and you are invited. You have sent missionary teams to us before. Two times. And I pray that you're going to send a team to us next year. And I want you to pray about that. And sometimes people will come and stay with us for up to 10 months. And they will go through intense training and missions. And so this one guy comes to us. And, you know, he was an introvert of introverts. He was, uh, grew up in uh, suburbs and sheltered and hardly knew his head from a hole in the ground. He never led anybody to Christ or discipled anybody, but he felt the call of the Lord to be a missionary. And, you know, he was more than a fish out of water. He was a fish in the desert. And we dropped people off, and so I dropped him and a couple Liberians off, and their assignment was go to village to village and come back and would pick him up in the evening. And uh, I had to teach him how to evangelize, but he's walking with a coconut. And he was thirsty, and he wanted that coconut opened, and this guy comes out of the bush with a machete and opens his coconut. And the guy with the machete is just really startled. He's thinking, why are you doing, what are you doing here? What's going on? Because he was a, a young white man in this 100% this African country. And so the guy's name's Jared. And, and Jared gave him the gospel. And right then and there, that man accepted Christ. Amen. But what's funny is when he came back, I says, well, how'd it go? And his answer, well, 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 we walked a lot. Let me read to you from John chapter 6, verse 44. John 6, 44. It says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I'll raise him up at the last day. And chapter 6 Verse 65, it says, No one can come to me unless the Father has enabled him. This man that he led to Christ, he was a regional violent devil. And these violent devils, they kill, maim, and destroy. They're cannibals. 
And, and this guy loved living and sleeping in the graveyards. And he was the most powerful stronghold of that region. And here's this kid. I think he's maybe 20 years old. Doesn't know nothing about nothing. And he himself, through the Spirit, was able to destroy this stronghold. Amen. Amen. This stronghold I was telling you about, the spiritual leader, the devil. I went there one day and and I was talking to the devil. And this is a town of about 40 or 50 houses. And um, most of them are thatched roof, mud hut, dirt floor. And I'm talking to him and the whole town knows I'm talking to him and he knows the whole town's watching him. And I'm talking to him about heaven and hell. And after I had finished, he got up and ridiculed me and laughed at me and made a show of what a fool I was. And so I went home. And maybe two or three weeks later or something, and I'm three hours from this region. I'm on the motorbike, I'm driving, and all of a sudden he runs out in the road, he waves his arms and stops me. His name was Kraku, is Kraku. And he, I said, Kraku, what are you doing here? He said, I've been looking for you. He says, I want to hear about heaven and hell. I said, you laughed at me. He says, yeah, on the inside, or on the outside. He came to Christ. We baptized him, discipled him. He's attending church. He comes to our base occasionally to get tracts and get information to help evangelize. Amen. You know, we have never, never, never entered a stronghold of Satan and not see it demolished. Never. Amen. And, and the harvest is plentiful. And we need more workers. And I know in this room right now, there's not a doubt in my mind because this church has the Spirit of Christ. And the Spirit of Christ says, go, make disciples of all nations. And I am sure without a doubt in this room, the Lord is speaking to somebody's heart to go. Amen. And you, you don't have to be special. In fact, that's probably one of your best qualifications if you're not. And age has nothing to do with it. This isn't a call for teenagers. I quit work when I was in mid-40s. And I went and lived in the refugee camps for a while. And then I went down into the interior of Liberia. And I'm in my mid-40s. It's not an age issue. It's a listening to the Spirit of the Lord and saying yes and obedience. And I am sure there are people here right now that the Lord is encouraging and inviting to join in the mission to take the gospel into the world. Amen. They're here right now.
Maybe your heart's thumping. I don't know. But you're invited. Valley two times has sent us teams. And they've spent uh, 10 days with us. And so if you're working and you can get a two-week vacation, you're welcome to come. You're welcome to stay. I've had people stay with me 10 months. You're welcome. And see and, and confirm this call in your life into missions. And it would be such a beautiful thing if Valley was to raise up and send a missionary from within this congregation. Amen? We hope to have another team come to us next year because you're going to have to, once you fly into Monrovia, you've got to get in a little Cessna to fly into the jungle. And our limit is seven or eight people. I'm asking the elders to pray and, and see if the Lord would approve something like that. And I'm asking people here if you feel that maybe the Lord wants you to take a step of faith into that. I want to talk about the Muslims. I talked a little bit about the animistic. These Muslims and these unreached tribes have been unreached for thousands of years. Maybe one or two Christians per 10,000 people in that tribe. And those have been closed, iron shut. But, but the Lord says in Revelations chapter 3, verse 7, What I open, no one can close. And what I close, no one can open. And right now, he has opened doors into these Muslim tribes that are historic. It's considered that if an unreached Muslim tribe would have a, a thousand baptisms in 20 years, they would call that a move of God within that tribe. Let me say that again. It has been determined that if in 20 years there's a thousand baptisms in a closed Muslim tribe, that that would be considered a move of the Holy Spirit. In 13 centuries, there were two moves of God among the Muslims. In the last 50 years, there's over 70. The time is now. Remember, 20 years, a thousand baptisms among the Muslims, a move of God. In the first six months of this year, we've baptized over 1,400. It's a powerful move of God going on right now. Amen. And the Jesus film is a powerful tool that we use when we go in. Uh, Jesus film is beautiful, and it's the most watched movie in all of history. And it does the birth, life, death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Christ all in one two-hour show. And we go with these projectors and batteries and speakers and we can show it on a big screen, and they've never seen a big screen show. And this also is the only movie in, that has the language of their tribe. And so we get 100% attendance. 
to see the big screen and to see the movie and their language and because they're an oral society as they're watching they're weeping and wailing and crying and and just consumed and after the show it's common that we're going to baptize 20, 50, 100. And we'll go in and we'll start churches. And the enemy doesn't want to give that up, of course. Amen? And the enemy wants to resist and fight this. But the Lord has opened the doors. And um, we've had a couple times where the imams... That imam is a regional spiritual leader. He is the judge, jury, executioner. He is the governor and the president of that region. He's the all-powerful. And the imam doesn't want Christianity and Christians. And when we go the first time, it's normally a no, but we don't give up. It's hard to brush the dust off our feet we're back in there and the Lord opens the doors and this happened to us twice the imam stood like a like a rock and he says you will never come in here you will never have Christians in here and you will never have a church over my dead body will you come here and our indigenous missionary said well be careful what you prophesy. And the region knew the story. The region knew the event. And both of these imams were dead and buried in two months. And that was a powerful move of God, and the people knew it. So we go back to the replacement imam, and we say we'd like to come and show the Jesus film. What do you think his answer is? Yeah, 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 come, come, come. And the whole region knew and saw the power of God. And that whole region, we're talking huge, is begging for us to come in and to start churches. We've never entered a stronghold and not seen this verse come alive and to be true. Amen? Christmas morning. And, and this is a common event for us. Christmas morning. I'm going into a church because we put up these metal roofs on, on poles to get them started. And five months before I got there, our team went in and showed the Jesus film. This is unreached Muslim tribe. And in like two months... They had baptized much of the town. Maybe 30, 40, 50% of the town. And they'd put up the church roof, and in one or two months, it was so overcrowded, they had to put up a tarp to get everybody under. And I come there on Christmas morning, and I believe 90% or more of that town was at that church. The pulpit area was filled with people. The building was filled and people standing outside looking in. It was a 
just a beautiful worship service. And the spirit and presence of God was there. The imam was there and give testimony. And the town elders, the protector of the town, gave testimony. And after the service, as people were giving testimonies, I was getting these complaints. Here's the complaint. We had to walk an hour to get here, and our old people can't come. We want a church in our town. Unreached, closed Muslim tribe for thousands of years, and they're asking us, they're begging us to come and to start church for them. Amen? And we are the church united, and you're participating with us to help make this happen. Amen. I have more stories. Let me see what I, story that comes to mind. Passion. Passion is suffering and dying for a cause greater than yourself. And let me tell you about this 20-year-old boy. He was probably 8 or 10 when I started to disciple him. And when he was 20, we get him on a motorbike and he's going. And I'm going to show some videos during lunch as we eat, and you'll see that our mud can be this deep. And trying to get motorbikes through that stuff is just unbelievable. And so he's on mission, and he's young, and he's a little wild and crazy, you know, youth. And he's going too fast. And I think the first thing that hit the ground was his face. And he broke the helmet, and he was unconscious, and his face was bloody and cut and needing stitched. And they draped him on a driver of another bike, took him to our base. He was hours on that bike. He fell off the bike semi-conscious. We get him to the hospital that has no electric, no running water, and you got to buy the nurses the rubber gloves and take it to them. They couldn't even check blood pressure, but that's the hospital. They get him all stitched up. He's laying in the hospital bed. And they call me General. That's just because we have this mentality and it's not an official name. And he salutes me to comfort me. And he says, General, these things will always happen. He's trying to comfort me. So we take him to our base to heal and, and make sure the wound's not infected and kept clean. And about a week later, he comes. He says, I'm ready to go back out. That's passion. I said, your face is swollen. You can't put a helmet on. He comes back about another week with a helmet on. He says, I'm ready. I said, no, you're not healed. And maybe a month later, he's back on that bike going into these strongholds of Satan. Amen? That's passion. That's passion. The Lord wants us to have that passion. Jeremiah said, it's like a fire in my bones. I couldn't be silent. 
And that same Holy Spirit that's working over there is working here. Amen. And I want you to come. The harvest is plentiful. We need workers. I hope we'll have a mission team come from this church next year. And I pray that those who are being invited by the Holy Spirit are going to take that walk of faith. Amen. The assignment of the church is to take the gospel to the world, and we are the church. Let me close this in prayer. Lord God, I thank you for Valley. I thank you for the leaders. I thank you for the disciples here. And we are your people, and you are our God. And we say unto you, Lord, here we are. Send us. May we remove all of the idols that separate us. May we look to you in anticipation and obedience. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear spiritually, Lord. We want to be used by you. We'll stand before you, Lord. And we will be rewarded for our faith and love and sacrifice and service and obedience. May we have something to present to you, Lord, that will be pleasing unto you. Let us throw out these idols of security and retirement and safety and possessions and houses and cars and the idol of ourselves, Lord. May we throw all of those idols away and bow at your feet and say, here am I. I thank you for Valley. I thank you for the leaders in this congregation. I thank you for what they've given. But Lord, I know you want more. I know you want more, Lord. May your spirit be upon these. May they throw off the... Throw out the, the fear that comes from Satan. And may they take on the courage to be a warrior that comes from you. We thank you, Lord, for our salvation. And we are signed to take the word of your gospel to the world. In your name we pray. Amen.